Hello, everyone. I am Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And I look, Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. And I'm glad that and happy, uh, very happy that you all decided to join us here uh, today. My next guest has deep experience and successfully building out teams and building out infrastructure and complex businesses and has extensive merger and acquisition experience from his prior roles, uh, venturing into the cannabis industry now. And um, I'd like uh, all of you to welcome my guest today, Mr. Mark Sims. He is the president and CEO of Riv Capital. Riv Capital uh, is uh, an ongoing and exciting concern and I want to welcome Mark uh, to our show today. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Vern. Oh, man, my pleasure. I'm excited that you're here. There's so much to talk about, you know, and uh, really, I love to understand and, 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 and really allow the audience to hear about the journey, right? You know, you didn't just pop up on the screen and you were... <laughs> You know, you you have a background, and you have uh, you have a lot of a uh, lot of layers to to get to you to where you are today. And I, I'd love to kind of know where did you grow up, man? Because you you've had an extensive background. Yeah, no, it is. It, you know, when, when I was uh, an industrial engineering student, I never thought I'd uh, you know be the CEO of a cannabis company. So yeah, I, I yeah, saw that. I mean, you're Michigan, definitely an interesting journey. Yeah, Michigan um, graduate. Uh, industrial engineer. Now, I I have an industrial engineering background too. That. Yeah, and I I never thought I'd be doing whatever I'm doing. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's it's definitely an interesting journey that that I've taken. So really, um, you know, I joined Scott's Miracle Grow f- uh, 14 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago, whatever it might be. Um, and, and so obviously, you know, had a lot of varied roles at Scott's Miracle Grow. Um, my very last role, yeah, um, which was uh, head of strategy in M and A, where I kind of worked for the the previous three years. Okay. Um, you know, Scott's had already entered the cannabis industry as an on the hydroponic side, yeah, right. So, so back in 2015, uh, they acquired uh, General Hydroponics and Vermicrop, and then Ver. Botanicare and then Sunlight Supply. So they mm-hmm. they built the the Hawthorne Gardening Company, the, a business unit focused on um, you know selling input supplies into the cannabis industry. Okay. Um, and so obviously you know that that business was uh, you know somewhat turbulent, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. the two thousand you know went off well. Then the two thousand eighteen legalization effort in California kind of was a, a big turbulent event. Um, the pandemic was really successful. And then in this past year, they've seen uh, a lot of challenges, but, but obviously, you know, really kind of uh, highly aligned with Scott's as it related to, you know, they were selling fertilizer, they were selling dirt, they were mm-hmm. selling, um, you know, control products. Um, so very similar to what they sold to uh, consumers for their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so high alignment there. Um, the, the one thing that, you know, they then expanded in lights, et cetera, but as we looked at the industry, um, you know, from a strategy perspective and said, OK, well, selling input supplies uh, is is good and that's a good business. But when you look at any kind of crop based industry, 
Mm-hmm. It's really the people that own the brands and you know sell at retail are the ones that make all the margin dollars. Oh yeah. So the people that you know sell the genetics, a lot of times they make a high margin rate, but not a lot of margin dollars. Okay. And then you know, unfortunately, the input suppliers, the farmers, and the processors, a lot of times are not making a ton of money, right? And they're almost you know kind of trying to break even, and and so. As we looked at that, and obviously Scott's and Miracle Grow being a, a consumer brand company, um, really Scott saw that as an offensive, offensive uh, you know move to you know move up the value chain from just kind of being an input supplier into a branded uh, cannabis company. Uh, so you know that was probably three years ago that you know as I was leading strategy, we said that that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Now Scott's is a publicly traded. Um, you know, company that on the NYSE that has borrows lots of money from banks. So yeah. being able to actually do it was the challenging part. Um, and so, you know, we found in a partner, uh, Riv Capital, mm-hmm. um, who at the time, you know, in the last two years was looking to disentangle itself from uh, Canopy Growth. Um, okay because it was a spinoff of Canopy Growth, it was their venture capital arm, mm-hmm. um, and then also pivot into the U.S. So there was kind of high alignment on the strategy between Riv and, and Scott's. And so uh, about a year ago, um, Scott's made a, a, an investment in, in Riv Capital in the form of a convertible note. Uh, but really, that's just a structure. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, it's an investment in, in every way, shape, or form from, from the Scott's perspective. Okay. Uh, and I joined the board. Right. Okay. So, so immediately uh, you went to the board. Yeah. So I went to the uh-huh. board, and uh-huh. then as we actually executed on the strategy to pivot into the U.S. and then purchased, uh, you know, the attain business in New York. Right. Uh, they asked me to move over to run it. So okay. again, from kind of helping to define the strategy at Scotts, and then mm-hmm. helping from a board perspective to execute the strategy at Riv, and then you know now saying, okay, great. <laughs> you, you you built the strategy. Now you got to go execute it, right? So yeah. I think that's that's kind of a very long version of the journey. Uh, no, really, it's it's all about kind of understanding, you know, kind of where the value in this industry is. Uh, and again, there is value to be had at each of the nodes. But mm-hmm. like most other industries, you know, owning the brands and and um, you know maximizing the value of a of a brand and and what that can mean to a consumer is is really where the value is going to accrue in, in this consumer goods, you know, category, just like it, it, it accrues in, in most consumer goods. Categories. Uh, absolutely. It's brands is how you're going to get those multiples, man. It's building brands. And, and quite frankly, it's been a challenge, um, you know, uh, in, in, in the space. And how do you see the time that you spent 15 years at, at Scott's, Right. How did it prepare you for this part of your professional journey? Well, I'd say there's a lot of ways it prepared me and a lot of ways it probably didn't, although I don't know there's <laughs> much preparation. Right. So so I think right. on, the, on the word didn't, I think just the um, the interesting aspect of the cannabis industry is just the speed by which. Uh, things move. Right. Yeah. Which I'm sure you're, you're highly familiar with. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, the speed and kind of the urgency and need to execute because you want to capitalize on opportunities. I think the other thing that I've seen is the yeah. deal flow. So when yeah. I was kind of in my old role, you know, on the, on the consumer lawn and garden side, you might see a right. deal 
one or two deals a year on the Hawthorne <laughs> side, you know, one or two deals a month here. Yeah. It's like one or two deals a day. Yeah. Which, something's and, uh, out there. You could, you right? could look at it. Yeah. But, but, you know, so that's kind of where, you know, that's exciting, but it, but it also can be a distraction. So you need to make sure you manage, you know, kind of what opportunities you're looking at and have the right filters in place. I think where it prepared me is again, you know, at the end of the day, this is a consumer product yes. that needs to be manufactured, processed, put in a package, put on a pallet, shipped to a, um, you know, shipped to a retail store. And then you need to, you know, incent consumers and, and kind of um, you need to communicate with consumers in a way that they're going to go out of their way to find your product and, and right. buy it off the shelf, right? And part with their hard-earned dollars. So again, yeah. You know, that was what, you know, we had to do, you know, in my previous roles every day is understand kind of what are all the aspects of the supply chain and are you, you know, set up to, you know, service the retailer well, and then are you communicating effectively with the consumer mm -hmm. um, and are you, you know, delivering a product that they're going to want to continue to try and, and buy time and again, right? So there's that, you know, the heart of a brand is a promise. Uh, and, and, you know, you have to deliver on that promise each and every time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do, do you feel that, um, uh, your, the, the last three years at, at, uh, uh, that, that you spent in the M and A business, right. And, and looking at those couple deals a year and, and then this, did you have a thought prior to Hawthorne and that involvement that you would get into cannabis? No. Because prior, it's a CPG company. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all CPG. Everything you just explained was that, did you, did you view this as, as uh, this huge opportunity? I think all the way back to 2011, Scott's was talking about okay. getting into it, but again, it was more from an input supply perspective. Right. right. So I think, I think really it was uh, definitely a journey <laughs> that the company went on, that the board went on yeah. uh, to, to really realize, you know, this is a great opportunity, um, you know, in a lot of lessons learned that we had from the Hawthorne business of just mm -hmm. meeting the players in the industry, really smart folks that, you know, don't have Stanford MBAs, but talk as if they have Stanford MBAs. Sure. They've, they've just been living business for, you know, uh, decades in, in a tough industry. Um, yeah. and so I think that was, uh, you know, definitely a journey and, and probably one that people didn't predict back in 2011 or even 2015, that we'd be, um, kind of sitting here trying to build this, uh, you know, branded cannabis company. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I really, Mark, that was, that was a great session there. Really. Thank you for that part of our discussion and um we're going to come back and I, I really want to dive into some uh have some questions about really advice you'd give folks uh that are trying to make this journey and uh, looking at the talent part of this this opportunity that you've you've uh, put yourself into so i, I really want to do that uh we're going to take a quick break i'm Vern davis i'm your host of plant profits plant profits is brought to you by produce Global. My guest today is Mr. Mark Sims, President and CEO of Riv Capital. We'll be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and thank you for joining Plant Profits today. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Mr. Mark Sims, President and CEO of Riv Capital. Mark, so you've made this journey. Here you are sitting, straddling right here, riding his horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, there's, you know, in my business, in the talent business, man, I, there, there's a lot of consumer product goods talent that want to get into cannabis. And cannabis has also been around long enough, man, that people have been in it and tried it and decided they don't want to do it. You know, three years ago, it'd be hard to say that. But now people have been in. There's people with four years of of, of uh, functional expertise in the cannabis uh, arena what what advice would you give someone who's looking over the fence and thinking about jumping over and getting into this rat race you call cannabis yeah no i, I think it would be um you know I, I would encourage people to uh to do it if they have a passion for the industry and a passion mm -hmm. for the product um but also i think eyes wide open would be that you know it, it can be pretty frenetic at times uh, with respect to kind of the speed with which you need to move, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the challenges and maybe executing a lot of the plays that maybe you did in your current industry. So you say you're selling, especially if it's a non-regulated industry. Yeah, uh, that's tough. You know, there's a lot of regulations and they vary state by state. So right. maybe you have great packaging ideas and design ideas and you have great advertising ideas. You're just simply not able to do and execute some of those things because of the the regulations that exist. So I think, you yeah. know, really understanding whatever company you would, you know, go to work for, kind of where are they operating and understanding like, you know, am I going to be able to do the things I love to do, whether it's marketing, mm -hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, sales, uh, am I going to be able to do those things? Mm -hmm. um, I think on the cultivation front, I think, you know, the advice would be find someone who's been both operating a, a, a garden uh, mm -hmm. and doing it at scale and, and say, Hey, what job can I do? Can I sweep the floors? Um, can I, can I work, you know, enter at the lowest level and just want to learn? Because I mm -hmm. think it's, if you've been, you know, growing other crops, this is not as simple as just kind of, uh, you know, transitioning into this. And I think lots of folks have lost a lot of money and, and time thinking that this is just like growing tomatoes. Yeah. It's it's a lot more complicated and involved than that, and you're 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 so right. So you talked about cultivating, how to get in, and and you're saying look in, and and go learn, because it's different. What about what about marketing, brand building? Tell me tell me your take on that, and and what's needed in the space. And yeah, what I mean, do we I, don't I think, have. You know, there, there's a there's a couple things. You know somewhat you know at the heart of our strategy at, at riv capital and what we're looking to do in new york is obviously we have um, you know the etain uh, brand that we acquired as part of our new york acquisition yeah. uh, we have the uh, the vertical license uh, but really we think uh, you know looking to competitive markets where there's been people competing and winning uh, mm -hmm. over the last decade in California and Colorado, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of really interesting brands that, you know, we're having discussions with of mm -hmm. you know, how can we take that legacy authentic brand? Uh, like I said, that has 
competed and won in, you know, especially in California, the most competitive market, uh, the largest, the most sophisticated cannabis consumers there, presumably. Um, So if you've kind of competed and won there. uh, So I think that is really interesting from the standpoint of, um, you know, bringing some of those brands uh, that are authentic, have shown the ability to scale, Mm -hmm. um, have the know-how, have the genetics and or the branding or the, you know, the the consumer following. I think that's a really good piece. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, right, that mm-hmm. was kind of the heart of your question. I think part of it is, you know, again, understanding what, you know, what are you trying to do with the brand? Like, what is the story behind the brand? And, and you know, some of these, I'll call them, you know, newer brands, and maybe they're two or three years old, and maybe it's new form factors like beverages or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, edibles and things like that. I think a lot of it is around the story. And again, if I think about the Tame brand that we acquired in New York, woman founded, woman led, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really a great story that they want to kind of focus on buy weed from women. Mm -hmm. Um, And we we really love that brand. And and so I think having that kind of that authenticity in the story, whatever it might be as to like, what does the brand stand for? Mm -hmm. That's the key place to start and then create a great product. Yeah. Um, it's the next piece. And then obviously you need to win with consumers, which is, is the hard part. Yeah. I mean, you make it sound so simple, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do. It, but but it's, it's it, and to your point, you come out of CPG. So it's blocking and tackling. It's basic things when you think about it, but they're very difficult to execute. You got to give that. Yes. You know, it's it's very difficult. And and I, I think part of it is that you know, people take shortcuts and they don't um, and the resources. I mean, it takes a lot of money. I mean, when you're spending money and building brands, the closer you are to to where the consumer, you know, uh, see it and purchase it is is expensive. But it's the, probably the best money you can spend. Right. And uh, that that becomes uh, very difficult for people who have these brand ideas. Uh, they don't have finishing power. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I'm seeing people yeah. come up short. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think there's also a challenge, you know, there, there's some supply chain challenges, right. And, and this yeah. may sound like real, uh, kind of wonky, but you know, it's not only you say you are able to create a brand that resonates with the consumers, the retailers want to stock it. Um, but then you have to make sure that you can consistently supply that retailer. Yes. Right. So, so that then gets into the operational aspects of, I can't say, well, I've got product this month, but I'm not going to have, you know, product for three more months because I didn't judge my, you know, demand correctly. And so I think a lot of these retailers, they can't have empty shelves. So part of that promise is not only with the consumer, but it's with the Mm -hmm. retailer to make sure that I can be a reliable supplier of this product um, so that that then again builds the trust, not only with the consumer that I can go in and every Every time I want to buy it, I can get it, um, but also with the retailer so that they're not constantly having to figure out what do I do with this empty shelf. Yeah, no, uh, you're right. You got to be consistent. It's got to, to your point, you made the point a few minutes ago is at the heart of a brand is the promise and and everybody plays a role in executing that promise with the consumer. Um, I, I'm really I just let, let's let's talk about Riv. Sure. And let's 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 really dive into 
to what you guys are all about, because, you know, on the outset, you know, you start to, it looks like, okay, you're, they're going to put money into, they're going to make investments like, um, like any other private equity or, or similar type setup. But uh, the more I talk to you and the more I look at your business, it looks like you're, you're really trying to become operators. So, yeah. 100%. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so tell me about Riv. Yeah. yeah. So that was, as you, as you mentioned, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. Riv Capital, which previously was Canopy Rivers, was the venture right. capital arm of Canopy Growth. Uh, they made, um, you know, venture investments into ancillary, uh, you know, cannabis companies and or LPs in Canada. Okay. Uh, so everything was kind of, you know, focused in, um, you know, not the U.S., if you will, or not mm -hmm. plant touching in the U.S., um, you know, 18 months ago or, or maybe a little longer, they made the decision that they wanted to uh, pivot into the U.S. because that was going to be the, the most exciting market and where kind of the best opportunities are. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, they took steps to to do that. And then um, Scott's made their investment. Um, and so we were able to acquire the, uh, the New York license uh, and the attained business. And so really that was kind of the first foray of pivoting to become an operator. And so really since, right. uh, you know, the, the April timeframe, um, we've been, you know, working on kind of the integration as well as the, uh, you know, the execution of, of, you know, building out New York, obviously, you know, still medical, they haven't had first adult use sale, but that uh, will, will happen here in the near future. Um, so we continue to support the medical market, but we've also made, uh, some moves to start to ramp up for um, for the adult use. We we've uh, we're expanding our um, our initial uh, campus in Chestertown, New York, which is just north of Albany. Okay. Uh, so that'll give us increased capacity. And mm -hmm. then we announced uh, about a month ago what we call our flagship facility that we're going to build in Buffalo, New York. That will be okay. sixty thousand square foot um, indoor facility, uh, state of the art. And uh, again, all being done in anticipation of, you know, bringing premium flour to New York, but also okay. bringing that, that enough capacity or enough volume that we can satisfy, um, you know, kind of the initial demand. And then uh -huh. that, that's our phase one. And if everything, uh, you know, rolls out properly, we'll, we'll have a phase two and a phase three as we ramp with the, uh, the business in New York. So we're super excited about New York. Wow. You're, you're investing, you're putting the stake down in New York. That's yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's hard to argue that it's not going to be the most exciting cannabis market in the next two to three years, right? Just as yeah. it launches it launches the adult use, uh, obviously the the outsized cultural influence that New York City has, um, yeah. you know, the legacy cannabis, uh, you know, kind of culture in New York, mm -hmm. I think tapping into that. Um, I think all those things are going to line up really well to be a super exciting time in the industry and uh, for New Yorkers. Oh, it's great. It's great for New York that you're putting money into it and that you're banking on on uh, that market to be exciting for years to come. I think that is I, I think that's outstanding. That's that's awesome. I think it's a good place, too. I think it's a good bet. I really do. I think people are going to get behind it and things are going to work. Um uh, for the right folks there who put the money in the right places. And I think New York also brings a culture and an identity, just like California right. it has its own identity. Uh, but New York has a culture and 
And um, and I think it'll naturally compete with the West Coast. Um you know, and I, I believe that when you look at everything, you look at business, entertainment, you look at music, it always competes with the West Coast. So I think that's a good bet. I really yeah. do. Well, yeah. and, and I think part of it, too, you know, we're, we've been talking <clears throat> about brands. I think the mm-hmm. other kind of, you know, obviously New York, 20 million residents, 150 right. million visitors a year. Right. So so obviously a big market, which is great. Yeah. But I think it's it's hard to argue, and you, you were kind of making the, the the same point that like most trends in the U.S. start on yeah. the coasts and work. That's anywhere, right. That's right. right. And, and so I think that that means you know California and New York, um, and so I think that's um, that's why we're excited about it. Um, and again, you know, I, I brought up the 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 turbulence, uh, mm-hmm. you know, point um, in, in the first segment at the beginning. <laughs> I think I think we're definitely, you know, know that it's going to be a turbulent time as, you know, kind of the all the rules and regulations get rolled out and, you know, yeah. new operators are brought online um, and, and new retailers. And so I think that that makes it exciting, but uh, nothing is going to be 100 percent smooth. I think we know that much in in all rollouts that we've seen within the uh, within the U.S. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. Uh, be par for the course, man. Hey, look, <clears throat> we're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and I'm so happy that you all joined us here on Plant Profits today. My guest is Mr. Mark Sims, president and CEO of Riv Capital. Uh, Mark, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and, and really dive into what, what uh, kind of give you an opportunity to tell us about the future. And and see what uh, see what you got to say about that when we get back. Uh, we'll be right back, everyone. Thank you. Plant profits will return, so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. My guest today is Mr. Mark. Sims, he's president and CEO of Riv Capital. Mark, it's been great. Hey, look, so give us an idea of what you guys, if you look at your parameters and your profile of what's a good investment in today's cannabis market, where you guys are looking to put your money. What what does that look like? Yeah, well, I I think obviously you know we we've already made a significant investment in New York, and I think. Yes. You know, continuing to, uh, you know, invest behind that to make sure that we maximize the opportunity in New York. Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, just, you know, a lot of people, a, a, a big market already uh-huh. uh, that we need to steal, essentially steal share from from mm-hmm. the black market uh, yeah. is, is one of the ways I think about it. I think that's going to be the biggest competition in in New York. And, and we're definitely taking steps to think through how we do that most effectively. Um, but I think there's there there are other interesting geographies, and I think it's an interesting yeah. time in in the industry where um, you have you know obviously some of the big MSOs are are you know large and getting larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting uh, kind of smaller MSOs and or single state operators okay. um, that you know by you know kind of banding together we can build a bigger armada uh, yeah. and, and potentially you know whether whether the storm that we're seeing currently with respect to, uh, you know, availability of capital in the space, uh, as well as just economies of scale, right? When we think about, you know, cost synergies and being able to uh, build a bigger geography or footprint that we can expand brands across. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's, you know, there's 
as I mentioned at the top, there's a lot of deal flow. Um, yeah. The key is looking at things that almost opportunities and investments that they don't need you. Uh, but there can be opportunities where you have aligned kind of vision and values of of kind of brands and how the industry is going to roll out. Yeah. And I think there's some interesting, uh, you know, tie ups to be done, not just with, you know, respect to to Riv and and I'm not announcing anything. We're, it's, more <laughs> just, you know, always yeah. kicking Come tires. On, Mark, you can make news yeah, on yeah. my show. Always yeah. <laughs> kicking tires. Uh, yeah. But I think it I think it's going to be true in the industry as a whole, where yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of. Uh, you know, companies, unfortunately, maybe go out of business and then, yeah. you know, get re, um, you know, come out of the ashes, either the assets uh, being acquired by someone else mm-hmm. uh, and or uh, see more tie ups of companies that are saying, hey, you know, consolidation is going to be uh, a key piece of maturing and evolving this industry to make sure that we've got kind of efficient allocation of capital and mm-hmm. we are you know, kind of growing the industry the right way. Yeah, that's what, what are, and thank you for that. What, what are some of the challenges you, you see? So I, you know, I'm listening to you and I, and, and what I'm, I'm hearing is you're saying money's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I, th- I think it is today, right? It's and, already, yeah. You know, I mean, you look at where kind of the public equities are trading, including yeah. Riv Capital. Uh, you're not want to, you're not going to want to issue equity to uh, raise money that way. Obviously, just the state of the overall, um, you know, stock market. Forget about yeah. kind of the the risk markets that, where cannabis would sit. You know, interest rates are going up, equities are down, uh, yeah. so people's desire to um you know kind of deploy a lot of capital into the space is is currently challenged and and so that mm-hmm. means it's more expensive to do so mm-hmm. yeah if 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 you just took a look forward 12 12 12 months is a long time in cannabis <laughs> yeah. i mean that's the best four or five years but uh, over the next 12 months, you know, if you and I got together again, and I, I'm hoping that we will uh, a year from now, where we are in Q4 of 22 and Q4 of 23, what, 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 do you, what do you see that is, would be significant occurrences in the cannabis space that um, would make an impact either way? Well, you know, maybe selfishly, I guess I'll, I'll prognosticate and, and okay. probably with pretty pretty high certainty that you know we will be uh you know rocking and rolling in, in new york with with adult use um, yeah i'm excited about that for uh yeah. for now um Absolutely. but i but i think uh you know here's maybe a bold prediction to make me okay. look stupid in in the future is i think we will get a safe banking plus here in the lame duck session of congress maybe that's wishful thinking but mm-hmm. you know from a lot of what i'm hearing there there is kind of support to do yeah. something. And, and I think that goes a long way to really kind of making capital more available to, That's right. um, you know, people of, you know, at all levels, right? So if you're a, a, a single dispensary operator and, and, and you want to have, you know, better access to capital or just access to transactional banking, mm-hmm. it helps there all the way up to the big MSOs, right? So I think, I think that would be um, really great. Um, and that's something I think I expect to see. Um, and then, like I said, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think a year from now, we'll see a lot of over the next 12 months, we'll see a lot of consolidation um, within the space. Yeah. 
That's normal, though, right? In a, it's in a young, it's in young normal industry, and it's normal and very healthy. Right. Yes, Again, I think as the industry evolves, it mm-hmm. it helps, you know, especially with 280E still there. It's such a yeah. drag on, such a drag on all these businesses. You know, a focus on trying to get efficient and find cost synergies by potentially marrying up with partners, I think, is yeah. a is a, a natural evolution of of all industries. And, you know, exactly. And obviously, cannabis is, um, you know, an, an already established industry uh, in general, but the the legal side of things is the is the the part that's that needs to mature. Yeah. No, it's it's great, Mark. I, I really appreciate you you taking part in that little question there. But you know, so everybody just heard Mark Sims, President and CEO Riv Capital, said safe banking will be here soon, within the year. I love it. Lame duck session. Let's see what happens. We'll see. I, I'm happens. hearing it a lot. I'm hearing it a lot. I just, you know, I'm at the point. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Right. I agree. You know, it's like <laughs> maybe it's. You know, for all the ways the, uh, you know, so I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. So the Browns disappoint me constantly, but I'm always optimistic that this week they're going to not disappoint (laughs) me. So that's similar to our feelings with Congress, right? Like they disappoint us, you know, time and again, but, you know, maybe this time they'll, they'll actually get their act together and, and do something to, uh, to move the industry forward. You know, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, if one party decides Whichever it is, decides that they're going to put their arms around cannabis and it's going, cannabis is going to be their baby and they're going to do things with it. They're going to win a lot of elections. I, I agree. I think, you know, the, the interesting thing is if the Republicans were smart, they'd see this as the ultimate states rights issue and just say. That's right. You know, let, let's legalize it and let the states kind of make decisions. Do what they're already doing. Exactly. Exactly. It's It just. I don't know why why people haven't or one of the parties have just not embraced it wholeheartedly and just said, hey, this is a gateway to uh, getting other really important things done in each of these states. Right. Yeah. So it's a big well, again, you, you know, I know you, you do. You, you talk to a lot of people. Think yeah. about all the small business operators that you're talking to again. Again, it's, right. you know, aligns with, you know jobs and in building small businesses and you know there there's just so many opportunities for um you know as this industry like i says moves from kind of the 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 gray unlicensed market to a, a fully licensed market absolutely and i'm looking forward to that man it was a pleasure mark having you on the show today and thank uh, you, thank so much, you. this is fun oh it's a lot of fun oh man a lot of fun thank you so much I'm Vern Davis. I am your host. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. Very excited. Today we have Mr. Mark Sims, president and CEO of Riv Capital with us today. And you can actually listen to this on CannabisRadio.com. You can find Plant Profits. Give us five-star ratings wherever you find us, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, wherever you find your podcast, look for Plant Profits and look for this particular show. Uh, it's a tremendous. Mr. Mark Sims, president and CEO of Riv Capital. want to thank him for being here and part of our guest uh, list here. Follow up uh, Protus Global, my company, on 
social media and all those platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where everywhere. Finally learn more about how we're changing people's lives, how we're building companies. And that's protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. And until next week, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.